Choosing your attitude. Egos, arguing, bad days. This is part five of Communication Success at Work. Gloria Moraga, one-on-one. It's Wednesday, March 24th, 2021. How are you doing? Are you talking to each other? If not, please try. It works. Please subscribe to my podcast and please share with friends. I need listeners. (laughs) I need downloads. This is part five of my series on communication mistakes at work or great communications can lead to success at work. This episode is all about attitude. Like communication, attitude is a huge factor on success in the job and in life itself. When you choose to have a great attitude, everything falls into place. This really works. Choose your attitude. Even when you feel low or angry, you eventually forget your depression, your irritability, if you stay focused on positive thoughts and a good attitude. Choosing a positive attitude is a trick I used when I'm feeling low or fighting depression. And that's been happening a lot in the last year. Thanks, COVID. It isn't something you can turn off and on like a light switch. You have to think about it, but you can do it. Because a cheerful disposition can mean the difference between success or failure at work. This is Gloria Moraga's One-on-One, a show designed to improve face-to-face communication in the digital age. Having a good attitude at work does help your career, and there have been studies on this. But of course, you can't just snap your fingers or wave a magic wand and force yourself to be happy. If you're working with bullies or incompetence or experiencing a variety of problems and challenges, or if you're just having a bad day. As a political reporter, I loved my job. Every day was a challenge to get interviews, to do research, to write and edit a great video, and to edit a solid, easy to understand political report. I worked hard and I had a unique skill set. I had experience with the political process. I developed great contacts and sources who liked me and trusted me. Trust, big factor. And I could write a video story and do a live shot on camera. But (laughs) there was always a producer, assignment editor, a photographer. And to be fair, my daughter and ex-husband who would do everything in their power to ruin my attitude and my day. Here's one example from my life as a political reporter in Sacramento, California. I am working the night shift. And actually, I was working all day because the California legislature had scheduled a late vote on a gun control bill. I had interviewed both sides earlier, victims of gun violence who were there to support the bill. They were survivors or family members of someone who'd been gunned down. And I also interviewed spokespeople from the National Rifle Association, a very powerful lobby. We were back at the television station. I'd written my report, but we were going to go back to the Capitol to record the vote. And we were right at the door from the newsroom to the parking lot. It was pouring rain. It had been raining all day when, what do you know? We hear a report on the police scanners of a levee breach in Yolo County. The Sacramento Valley in California is surrounded by rivers. And a levee breach means a town, an area, a farm, farmland is going to be flooded. Lives could be in danger and property is going to be ruined. I will never forget this. My hand was on the door. We were close to being out of sight, out of mind. When Jack, the assignment editor, yells, Moraga, Tony, head to Yolo County. 
I will give you directions on the two-way as they come in. No, I said. I have the gun bill tonight. Get another crew. Tony froze behind me. He wasn't going to move. Of course, the producers, the assignment editors, they knew as a political reporter, I was there to cover politics, not floods, unless the vice president or our senators were there to visit floodland, which they did and which I covered them later. No, Moraga, sorry. This time you cover breaking news. This is more important. What? I screamed. <laughs> and I was ready to get into a big knockdown drag out fight with him. And I wanted to say, why is a little flood over some dirt more important than gun violence? It isn't. But I never got the chance. Tony said, come on, Moraga, we got to roll. It's raining. We got to hurry. So we drive like the devil is on our tail. And we get to the area that is being evacuated and we are stopped by a cop. You can't go in there, he says. Tony says, the News 10, we're on assignment. He shows his credential. The cops, who we have a decent working relationship with, says, you go in at your own risk. We might not be able to rescue you if you go in there. Check, Tony says. I open my mouth to protest, but he floors it. And we are heading in the wrong direction toward the levee break. People from the area are fleeing, and we are driving past them into the dark abyss. I say to Tony, is this the smart thing to do? Tony says, I'm going to pull over. I think, thank God. He says, you drive, I'll get my camera and shoot. He opens the door, and the water is as high as the bumper. And I'm sure I see rats swimming by. Holy shit, I say. But... You know what? I do as I'm told. I crawl over the armrest of the car while he gets his camera and rolls down his window inside the car, and he begins recording. Of all things, there are great visuals. At one point, horses are galloping by. Now, there are some people on some of the horses, and Tony gets sound bites from them. It's awesome video. Finally, I say, can we turn back now? The car is in water. We are going to stall and get trapped out here. So yes, I kind of stop, make a five-point turn, and we turn around. And of course, the producers back at the station are on the two-way radio. They tell us we're going to meet up with a live truck, which is someplace safe on high ground, and we're going to do a live shot. I pull over because Tony says he needs to get another tape. The tape is full. He shot the whole tape. I pull over, and that's when it happens. Standing in cold water, dirty water, rats and other critters swimming by, Tony drops the tape or it gets wet somehow. I don't know this yet. We get to the rendezvous with the truck and I say to the producer on my headsets, he can hear me on my mic, we've got great video. We will hot roll it from the live truck. I'll just talk over raw video. It's still pouring rain. I don't have a monitor, so I can't see the video. And I'm standing in the dark with lights on me. So we cut into programming and I'm standing there looking like a drowned rat. And I begin talking, describing what we saw. I'm explaining what time the levee break occurred, and where people are being evacuated. And I hear screaming, where's the B-roll? Roll the fucking tape. And of course, I'm live. And I'm just standing there describing a video that we don't have. I keep talking and talking. And the anchors ask me a question and I respond and talk some more. And they're trying to fill time. They're waiting for the video to come up. I thank God I can talk. So after we finish, 
The producer says in my ear, thanks for the live shot. Too bad you guys didn't get any video. Wow, that hurt. We could have died. Been bitten by a rat. Trampled by a horse. Stuck in water. Drowned. We lost the video. And you know in TV they say, if it's not on video, it didn't happen. We were up all night. and We shot video at the evacuation center. That made the air. Did I have a bad attitude because of all of this? Yes. Yes, I did. Mostly, I kept it to myself. Did I complain or yell at Tony? No. You don't yell at your photographers. You don't. Shit happens. And it happens a lot in TV. Now, I have several great examples, worse than this one, that demonstrates how difficult it is to stay positive and keep an upbeat attitude at work. It isn't easy, my friends. Maybe I'll produce another episode on political reporting versus breaking news and communications and the ridiculous assignments handed out by people who think snow coverage in the mountains is more critical than a corrupt elected official. I try to explain to them when it's winter, it snows in the mountains and everybody knows this. They still send reporters up to the mountains to stand in the snow and report live. Bottom line, work on staying positive. If you work at it, it works. I'm going to quote from a book. It's called Dancing with Strangers by Betty Everett Lochner. And I'll include a link. She lists 10 ways you can be a positive communicator. They're pretty good. I will include them on my website. And this is a quote from her book and the article that I read. When you become a positive communicator, people are more likely to listen to you. The conversation goes better and the results can be transforming. And that is so true. One of my favorite people in all my life is David Chase. I worked with him for 10 years in Washington, D.C. and I've talked about him before in other podcasts. Why is he my favorite? His sense of humor. When I worked with him, we laughed all day. Our bureau chief was a bully. We still laughed and we got a lot done. We produced great stories and we enjoyed every minute of them. Basically, happiness is contagious. It creates a great atmosphere at work. You are more productive and time flies by. Be more like David Chase. Don't be the man or woman who complains about everything. I've worked with people like that, a lot of them. There are more people that complain than there are people like David. And they are just miserable folks who ruin everybody's day. In my early days in television in Fresno, I was working at Channel 30. We had a very negative anchor woman. I mean, she had it made. She had everything. And one of the photographers, Scotty Sherlock. <laughs> Scotty Sherlock. Yes, that was his name. He was a real character. He said to me once, she is a whiner. If you give her a feather bed, she will complain that it is too soft. As a manager, if you're a good one, you bend over backwards to create a happy, positive work environment and keep the staff happy. But you know what they say, sewage trickles downhill. Middle managers and workers in the trenches are at the mercy of the people at the top. And sometimes they are the ones who create the hostile atmosphere. When I first began working at Sacramento State, after I was at News 10, we had a birthday club. It was really cool. We would draw names at the beginning of the year and take turns hosting each other's birthday bash in the office. It was terrific. It was an hour or so to eat cake and sing or not sing and just chat and decompress. It was a great morale booster. 
So, of course, this jerk, the vice president, who was a real bully and his assistant, who was also bully number two and a Debbie Downer, decided that it was time to limit the time we spent celebrating birthdays. They decided that we would just have donuts or a cake in the morning staff meetings once a month. It wouldn't happen as the birthdays happened. We would schedule these meetings once a month for a staff meeting, and we would do group birthday celebrations at these morning meetings. At one of these meetings, someone brought a chocolate cake and ice cream to an 8.30 a.m. staff meeting. We couldn't sing happy birthday. We couldn't wish people happy birthday. We had to talk about work the whole time. It was a work meeting. No more birthdays. Nightmare. Story from hell. What they knew about management was nothing. Finally, I want to tell you there is an organization I found online called the American Management Association. They are trying to sell you communication courses, so beware. And I don't recommend them in any way, except I wanted to share a quote from their website. So I'm mentioning them because, you know, plagiarism. I am, after reading their website, I'm considering taking an online communications training, but I don't know. I don't like to pay for anything. (laughs) I'll keep you posted. But on this AMA website, on the homepage, there are these words, critical thinking, discovering opportunity. And when I read some of the information, it struck me that we do all need to think. We need to think more and we need to be careful with our words and think about being happy. Attitude. And while we do all this, communicate, talk to each other, one on one. I'm Gloria Moraga. Please subscribe. Please share. Be safe. Oh, before I go, I wanted to tell you, I've been working on a podcast on women. I'm going to be posting that soon. And also, I did an interview with one of my favorite millennials, Joey. We talk about movies, Justice League, Avengers, and Kong is coming and other things, other important things. So stay tuned. I'm going to post those pretty soon. They're done, ready to be edited. Love to you. I do love you. Thanks for listening.